0: this podcast is sponsored by betterhelp.com BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or live chat sessions with your therapist, and it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to Surviving Narcissism listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com slash Surviving Narcissism Podcast. So, join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself. Now, that's better, dot com, slash surviving narcissism podcast. And thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. I'm Michelle, the program director, and when I would like to start this episode with a quick introduction. For those of you not familiar with Surviving Narcissism, it is the product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. This week, Dr. C's topic will be Here's how covert narcissism works. I want to welcome you to another episode here on our Surviving Narcissism channel. Today, I want to talk with you about what we refer to as covert narcissism. You've probably heard the term. In order for us to have an understanding of covert narcissism, I want to give at least a brief nod to what we're referring to when we talk about overt narcissism. First, let's keep in mind that narcissism is a pattern that's on a spectrum, and narcissistic individuals are committed to just oneself, and not in a self-loving kind of way, but in a, a sense of entitlement. They're very self-absorbed in the way that they engage with people. They they must be in control. They have an attitude of superiority and haughtiness over other individuals. They want and expect favored treatment. Uh, they uh, they can be tightly defensive. They They just don't care about your feelings. They don't empathize well. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about narcissism and then some people are just pretty grandiose about it they, they don't leave a whole lot to the imagination uh the overt or the grandiose narcissist can have lots of demands and they're not at all bashful about letting those demands being uh being known they have a need for affirmation they have a need for yes people who will tell them everything that they want to hear and truth is expedient because all they care about is you feeding their huge ego uh, the overt, grandiose narcissist is someone who's very large and in charge, and that's the person that we often hear people say behind their back, you don't want to put that person in a bad mood because you know how they get. And so the overt, grandiose narcissist is is somebody that just doesn't leave a whole lot to the imagination. So knowing that, let's go over to the counterpart of the covert narcissist, and I dare say that there are many more people that would fit into this category than would necessarily fit into that grandiose narcissist. Uh, Covert narcissists have the same desire to be in control and they don't have empathy and they do have an attitude of selfishness and entitlement that is part of their defining feature. You just don't see it up front. Uh, Let me give you an illustration of what I'm talking about. I, I spoke with one couple and they had a, uh, a brother-in-law who had uh, married into the family and he had been in the family for, you know, more than 15 years. And at first it's like, wow, what a nice guy. And it seemed to be very pleasant and remembered things about what you said to him. And then he would come back and ask about it later on. And it seemed to be very attentive, could be very helpful and friendly, well-known in his profession and did, did well and was successful, could tell funny stories. But then over time, you began realizing, yeah, but (laughs) there's this unapproachability that's there too. This person had a really strong moral code, but it was such that it was not just a strong moral code. There was a judgmentalism. There was a tendency to other people. In other words, if you're not in my club, then I don't want to have anything to do with you. Uh, This person could hold grudges. Sometimes there would be Uh, a sense of bitterness that would uh, creep out, uh, an attitude of demands that would be there. And uh, over time, this person had more and more of an inclination to just turn people off because uh, despite that friendly veneer, something behind the scenes just seemed to be dysfunctional and it was pervasive. It wouldn't go away. That that would be a simple illustration. Or I, I spoke with another woman. This is another illustration. Who had known a lady in social circles, and they had uh, mutual friends, and had known each other for several years, and would say hi to each other, and, and you know, uh, share conversations here and there. But over time, they wound up gravitating toward one another, and became friends, and began socializing quite a bit more. Kids were involved, spouses were involved, etc. And at first this uh, woman who now had become a friend seemed to be really eager. I want to know you and I want to know about you and would call and share kind of stuff was going on and and just the, the best friend kind of a person. But then over time, um, this lady that I was talking to began realizing she seems to have a lot of criticism towards people. Whenever relationships don't go well, it was always the other person's fault and had a history of lots of broken relationships, uh, a lot of pain, but, uh, but very quickly would say, but I'm, I'm doing okay, but not really. And then something happened and boom, that woman's anger and that woman's resentment and bitterness and begrudgment came out full force. And it's like, where did that come from? I, I thought that I had known her for quite some time, I had no idea that I would be on the receiving end of venom, but it took quite a while for it to unfold. That's how it tends to work with covert narcissists. Now, there's kind of a disadvantage that you can have, and and I say this kind of tongue-in-cheek. You're going to approach these individuals thinking like a normal person, I hope. And you say, well, Carter, that's a disadvantage. Well, yes, in the sense that you don't think like a manipulator and narcissists are manipulators that's part of their scheme the narcissist is over there as they engage with you and other individuals they're on the prowl they they're constantly sizing people up what kind of supply am i going to be able to gain from you that's how they think as long as i feel like there's something in it for me and and we all have a little bit of that of course we want to have some sort of positive reinforcement But theirs goes way further than just that. If you can do something to further, whether it's my career or my reputation or my neediness or whatever it might be, then okay. But their their collegiality and their friendliness is simply a ruse to get you inside their world. And then you begin realizing there's an agenda here. These people have uh, a a fixed notion as to how you're supposed to respond to them, and over time, that agenda begins to creep in. Uh, In addition, we'll say that covert narcissists, they like to pick up on your interests or the things about you that make you a bit unique, and they can seem to be real curious about it, but, well, (laughs) later on you find out it's data gathering. They're not trying to know you in an empathetic way so they can learn how more to love you. Later on, you're going to hear something like, yeah, I, I know you told me about this uh, a year ago about how you had this difficulty. Now you're doing it to me. And then they can they can turn information that you've shared with them into a, uh, a club that they're going to use against you. And you're thinking, well, I, I thought we had something going here. And the answer is no, I, I was letting you think that I was empathetic. Or another characteristic that they often use is what we refer to as mirroring. Um, They can give the appearance that they're empathizing with you, but it's not really that at all. As a simple example, let's suppose that you may say to that covert narcissist, I had some great difficulty with a brother when I was growing up. And that covert narcissist, and you don't know where they're coming from quite yet, they may say something like, oh, yeah, you know, I had an ex-husband who was just awful and he was terrible. I know exactly what it's like. And so seemingly they're with you, but you'll notice all they're doing is they're saying, yeah, you've got problems. Yeah, I, I can relate to problems, but they're not really sharing or revealing emotion and they're not going into whatever emotion you're having. They're just giving you a mirroring response, not the same thing as empathy. Or in addition, on top of that, uh, one of the things we know about narcissists is they hate seeming to be vulnerable. They don't want you to really know their personal issues, but they can give you the appearance of being vulnerable. For example, they may say something about, well, that relationship that I had that that fell apart. And let me tell you, it was a really rough time in my life and they can seemingly go into their uh, personal experiences with you But then looking back, you'll think it wasn't really so much them sharing about themselves in a way where we can know each other more fully. I was being sucked into a complaint session. And these people, they often uh, will complain about their hurts, but in such a way where you know, well, that other person did me dirty. That's how they think. They don't really take responsibility for themselves, even, even though they can seemingly imply that they're willing to be personal with you and it's 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 a pseudo form of sharing and relating and i i suspect that as many of you are listening to this you're nodding your head thinking oh yeah i can i can really relate to that one um they can give the impression of being loyal and yet it's all highly conditional as long as you meet their tight standards And then in addition to that, more and more other characteristics begin to uh, to show up as you uh, get to know them. Uh, Covert narcissists, they they can't contain their demands and their neediness or their sense of entitlement entirely. And so as you get to know them, you begin sensing that there's an, an an underlying annoyance that they carry with them and there's an irritability. Sometimes they can be prone towards sulking or pouting. Other times it's just like uh, they they just grouse and grumble about certain things. Now they can pop back and go into the friendly mode, but here and there you're just gonna notice that, uh, that there's that undertow of agitation that they carry and it just never seems very far away. They can go pick up on it pretty quickly. In addition, another thing that you begin noticing with these people is that when they do act nice toward you, they expect some sort of reward. And that's different from having a a really healthy reciprocal, you know, I'm going to help you, you help me. But it's like, no, now that I did this favor for you, um, what are you going to do for me? and uh you didn't uh, do this in return why not and, and you begin seeing that they uh, that that goodness or that pleasantness they had has hooks on the back side of it uh in addition they they like to um uh to to uh to portray themselves as above it all they they're uh, uh, they, they like to think of themselves as being a little bit special uh, they put people into categories and in doing so, they, they allow themselves to feel superior at someone else's expense. You know, I may have had some problems in my marriage, but not like that person over there. Or I, I had to work really hard to get where I am at work, unlike some of these other slobs that got promoted just because they knew somebody. And, and they, they want to be in that high position. But, uh, and above it all, but in, in such a way that they uh, uh, show that they hold other individuals in disdain. In addition, one of the things that begins to emerge with these covert narcissists is you realize they have some pretty tight defensiveness. Now, uh, when I say defensiveness, it may be that they just don't share uh, hurts at all with you. They, they just will not allow that to happen. But many times, if you want to talk with them about problem situations or conflicts, that's, by the way, and that's when you see the, the real makeup of a person, they can go into high justification mode. They can rationalize. They're constantly blaming. Or they may say, well, if I've got a problem, what about you? And they, it's what I refer to as boomerang communication. They'll take the focus off themselves and sling it right back at you. Many times as part of that defensiveness, you realize that these are uh, real strong keepers of secrets. Uh, some of these individuals have a deep history of some uh, some shameful things that they have been involved in, and you only find out about it later on from other individuals, and you thought, well, I, I thought I knew this person through and through. It's like, no, I don't go into uh, personal kind of things like that. Or it could be that they have some hidden vices, whether it's uh, they've they've mismanaged money grossly or they abuse alcohol or they're into porn or they uh, they have a lot of of uh, broken relations that they don't want you to know about. I mean they they can keep secrets the, and and it could be just in small matters too. Uh, they may disappear at times and you don't know where they are and then when you ask about it, they don't really want to reveal a whole lot and over time, it's like you only seem to feed me information about yourself that's going to be flattering and anything beyond that I have to find out behind the scenes. What's that all about? That's part of their control. Or, uh, in addition, you'll find that these are individuals who tend to be highly impressed by materialism. If somebody has something that they don't have, they uh, go into envy. Uh, that's a very common characteristic. They have they're drawn towards themes of prestige and power. Does that seem very familiar to you? Now, again, over time, uh, you'll begin realizing that when they get angry, uh, they're, they're capable of snapping and being agitated. But typically, their go-to use of anger tends to be more passive-aggressive. They can go into shutdown mode or the silent treatment. They can become immediately evasive and punish you by withdrawal. Maybe they'll promise to do something, and then they don't follow through. Uh, and then it's only later that, um, uh, that you find out how full the anger is. Now, it may be that you have done something that has displeased them. This is another indicator. And they'll say, oh, don't worry about it. That's okay. Only to find out later that they are indeed holding grudges against you. In addition, people with covert narcissism tend not to express affirmation, at least not in a, um, a sincere kind of way. They may say something like, you're one of the nicest people I've ever met, or thank you so much for helping me. But then it, it's, it's of a nature that says now that you see how nice I am, again, there's a hook on the backside of it. They don't really understand or appreciate the depth of your character that leads to the right things. They just like the surface goodies that they get to collect. You see what I'm saying when I say this is all part of that covert message and uh, or my mindset. And all, all the while they're doing their dead level best to try to show themselves to be a nice person and cooperative and somebody that has all the confidence of everybody in the community. But as time goes by, there are so many of these underlying uh, issues that it's like, wait a minute. These are not just little small aberrations here and there, because we all have that. I'm not, none of us is that perfect, but these people have so many of these tendencies that implies that they have an agenda for you. Uh, There's a a very fixed, rigid agenda, Uh, uh, agenda there. There's a a judgmental attitude that they hold on to. There's a sense of haughtiness that they have, a lack of uh, forgiveness, lots of grudges. That's what I mean when I say the narcissism is there, but it's more beneath the surface. On our website, survivingnarcissism.tv, we offer various courses. One of them is entitled, This Is Me, Establishing Boundaries Despite the Controllers in Your Life. Inside each of my courses, I break it down into modules, and then each module consists of various lessons that have a video, written materials, and questions for personal reflection. And inside This Is Me, we talk about uh, defining who you want to be and then staying inside that definition. We discuss assertiveness skills, how to stay strong without being defensive. If you would be interested in in, in enrolling in this course or any of the others that we have, go to our website, click the courses link, and you'll receive all the information for how you can enroll. I hope you would find them to be quite helpful. And now, back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. Now, I want you to think, if there's been somebody in your world that would fit some of the description of what I'm talking about... Somewhere along the line, I know that you must have had some thoughts of you know, consternation, like, mm, what am I dealing with here? Uh, there are times as you're getting to know these people that you think, well, I, I want to believe the best, but these certain ingredients keep popping up and I'm not really comfortable with that. And yet many times the, the charming side of that covert narcissist can be so strong that it's like, eh, well, you know, we all have our things and you just gotta continue on and you don't really listen to yourself as fully as you need to. Or it may be that over time you begin realizing this person has more of an underdeveloped conscience than I originally thought. For example, those people who might say that they have a strong moral code well, that moral code is there until they don't need it. You know, if somebody over here doesn't match pitch, but they think they can gain something from them, it's like, well, you know, it's, it's what we call code switching. I'll, I'll just kind of go over there and I'll go, I'll, I'll set my codes aside for a while and I'll go over here and, and uh, do what's uh, what's going to get me something over there. And there's a sense of fluidity that implies that there's something phony going on. and And then sometimes you begin thinking that their friendliness and all toward you is phony and it doesn't have that genuine kind of thing and then over time you begin realizing these people don't have good insight if you try to call them out and say hey i noticed you had a b c and d characteristics let's talk about that they would look at you like what are you talking about i don't have those problems if i do have the problems it's because somebody else didn't do it right and they they tend not to receive input they tend not to have good analytical thinking because they're constantly in a blame mode. They see themselves as being a chronically misunderstood person. So if there is a problem, the first thing they do is they begin thinking, okay, who do I blame for this one? And as a result, there's, there's this, this field that says I'm with somebody who gives the appearance of decency and honor, but I don't know that I can trust it. Uh, To covert narcissists, it's not a relationship that they're in with you. It's a transaction. They're engaging with you for uh, the purpose of gaining something. And it's not a matter of just saying uh, we all have a need to be loved. We have a need to be honored and respected. And I'd like to do that with you just as I would hope you would do that with me. And there's no particular hook or there's no sinister motive. It's just the real deal. I have a definition for authenticity and authenticity means that your outside uh, presentation is consistent with who you are on the inside. Covert narcissists are not authentic. They give the appearance on the outside of being that delightful and approachable kind of person, but back behind the scenes, it's like, no, that, that person is, is just, it's, they're wearing a mask one of the defining features of narcissism is that they have constructed and they live inside a false self. Being real, being open, being fully invested, being honest, uh, trusting is not something that's a part of who they are, but like I say, it, it takes time for this to unfold. So, here you are, you may be in uh, pretty deep with certain individuals and you realize, I think that's what I'm dealing with. What do you do? Well, at some point, you just kind of have to uh, listen to what your gut is telling you and remind yourself that you just simply can't expect somebody to be anything more than uh, what their honesty allows them to be. And if these people are so heavily invested in creating this false or illusory front, Okay, rather than trying to force them to see the light and to make the adjustment, it's like, all right, I get it. This is somebody that I really can't afford to be open with on a full basis. Uh, You begin pulling way back on your self disclosures because they're data collectors and what they find out about you later on will be used against you it's sad but when the trend is there you read it for what it is not for what you hope it's going to be sometimes it is okay for you to confront them and say hey you mentioned this but this happened instead let's talk about what that means they're, they're likely to go back to that defensiveness, uh, but then that does become an opportunity for you to establish your boundary and say, well, here's who I'm going to be. I know you're wanting this, but this is how far I'm able to go. And you allow yourself to be straightforward. And then when you get the predictable blowback, then uh, you hold your ground anyway without having to defend yourself. And then just brace yourself, because at some point, the anger is going to show up. Typically, narcissism tends to show up as anger. And when it does come forward, it's going to be ugly, and it's going to be personal against you. And yet, at the same time, you can't really afford to take it too personally, even though you're the one that's in there on the receiving end of it their anger and their vitriol is all about themselves not having come to terms with this confusion that they live with on the inside. Uh, they're not able to be genuine. They're not able to be uh, insightful enough to, uh, to take responsibility for who they are, which is why they feel like they have to push it on to you. So this whole notion that we're talking about today, covert narcissism, I hope you can see that it's uh, it's so difficult Because at first you don't really know for what it is, but as you do begin picking up on these ingredients that I've mentioned here to you today, I'm hoping, like I say, that you can listen to your gut, establish your boundaries, uh, adjust your uh, uh, manner of uh, personal revelation and sharing with that person. And then it's a matter of pulling back saying, you know, if this person is not able to have that authenticity, then I'm going to need to pull back and and reserve my best efforts for individuals who do understand what healthy living is. Uh, One of the things that I say uh, that we stand for here on Team Healthy, uh, here on the Surviving Narcissism Channel, Dr. C, D-R-C, stands for Dignity, Respect, and Civility. I want to be a person that stands in those characteristics. When you see that from me, it's the real deal. And I'm hoping the other person can uh, can live in those ingredients in reverse. And if I sense that there are some cracks in that, I'm listening to what it means. And I'm going to make my adjustments accordingly. So I'm hoping that this conversation today can put you into some serious thinking And uh, in doing so, I'm hoping that you can learn how to have uh, that sense of discernment that's necessary. Sometimes uh, the hurt is going to be there, but we're going to chalk it up to lessons learned. And then I'm hoping that you can reserve the best version of you to to, uh, apply to people that really do get it. They're out there, but you just have to know what you're dealing with so thanks for being here with me today uh we're going to wrap this episode up and then the next time around we're going to add more to our understanding of this whole topic that we call narcissism i want you to uh to being committed to your own personal healthiness and your own growth and i want you to have a real discernment about the people that you're engaging with because indeed uh you, you deserve to be somebody that lives with peace and with trustworthiness and with integrity And I'm hoping that uh, that, that's something you're going to be uh, eternally committed to. And if the other person says, I can't do that, then your response can be, I know. And you move on. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast. We're so glad to have you on Team Healthy. Not that long ago, I was speaking with a young lady, she was in her 20s, who was just devastated because she had been dating a fella for eight or nine months, something of that nature, long enough to where you would think that you would know somebody. And she thought that they had a very pleasant and engaging relationship. It seemed to be on a fast track towards something more permanent. The guy was uh, uh, very kind to her and helpful and seemed to be really interested. I mean, the kind of person you want to take home to mom and dad and, and introduce to all your friends. And then out of nowhere, he just completely ghosted her. And I mean, it was like it went into complete shutdown mode. And then she heard through mutual friends that, Uh, All the while that uh, she was dating him, he had somebody else on the side and he was telling his other friends that this lady that I was talking with was nothing but uh, someone that he was having funsies with. And, And of course, she was totally devastated, as you can imagine. Now, I want you to think about some of the relations that you've had with a narcissist. And you may not have had that exact same set of circumstances, but it may be that at some point you were led to believe that the narcissist had some interest in you or some plans for you or a connection with you that seemed really positive, only for you to find out later on that they were toying with you. Narcissists, unfortunately, are quite willing to toy with truth. Now, when we think about it, one of the most important ingredients, if not the most important ingredient in any kind of relationship, is honesty. You know, we want to say that we have a trust for one another, and that encompasses so many different kinds of things, but trust cannot be trust if we're telling lies, or if we're omitting major thoughts or ideas or impressions uh, without truth, without honesty, we have nothing to build on. And yet, that's where narcissists are. You, know, you can't really count on them to being truthful with you. And I want to get into this in just a few minutes, but one of the things that we talk about when we talk about narcissism is that these are individuals who hide behind a false self. This is part of what they are. It's actually one of the defining features of narcissism. What you see on the surface is definitely not indicative of what's necessarily going on behind the scenes. And it, it can be so, to, to, to say uh, frustrating is, is too much of an understatement, just exasperating, disillusioning to you when you're the kind of person that says, well, I know that I want to be trustworthy, and I want to be upfront and honest, and I want to be square with other individuals, and I'm assuming you would do the same with me, and in healthy relationships, you can really make that go someplace, and we're not talking just about romance, but we're talking about whether it's inside your extended family, or with your friendships, or places at work, or inside organizations, Uh, there are so many different relationships that we can have, and they're all built upon the necessity for truth, for honesty. See, let's recognize that when you have a truthful approach toward other individuals, immediately we can see that that implies that there's a form of humility that that person uh, carries. Uh, the, the person who's willing to play games with truth, like that young man who is messing with that young lady, uh, their thinking is, hey, it's all about me. there's one person in this equation that matters and it's not you. And so they just kind of make up whatever image they need to, to suit them in the moment. And they'll say whatever they have to say to get whatever it is they're wanting to get. There's an egotism that's off the charts with these individuals, even as they may appear to be pleasant and decent and engaging and all the rest. In addition, to have a sense of truth and that honesty and trust in a relationship, you have you also have to have empathy. Uh, it's uh, Rather than thinking it's all about me and therefore and the only thing I want is for you to understand me or for you to meet my needs, no, the empathetic person says, well, wait a minute, there's you over there, and I, I want to know you uh, from the inside out, not for the purpose of gathering data so that I can manipulate you, which is what narcissists do, but I want to know you from the inside out so that we can have that much more of a well-informed way of knowing how to engage well with each other and make each other's lives better because of our presence in one another's lives. But instead, we have to go back and ask, what is it that narcissists are looking for? as they engage with you or for that matter, anyone else? What is it that makes them so willing to set truth aside uh, so that they can get whatever it is they're looking for? Well, I'm glad you asked that question, Carter. Okay. what, What they're looking for is when narcissists interact with you, they want power. They want control they want influence, these are ingredients that are central to the definition of narcissism. And you'll notice that as you get to know these individuals for particularly over a period of time, They can be strongly opinionated. They can have very powerful preferences and how they want people to interact with them. Uh, And that's part of that control, that uh, sense of power. They really like being the decision maker. Uh, They like being the one that can guide people toward doing whatever it is they say they're supposed to do, even though up front they may give the impression of being pliable and all. No, they're not. They want power over you. Uh, also, what is it that they want? They they want self-serving goals to be satisfied. Narcissists are very agenda-driven. They have an agenda about you with regard to how you can make their life better, and they and you may not even know what's on the agenda. In fact, it can be kind of like a a an, an ever-shifting uh, document that they have, or trying to find a a, a moving target. Uh their thought is, okay, when I you know, am with you, there are certain things that I'm looking for. I want you to say how nice I am. I want you to think that I'm witty. I want you to uh, give me agreement. I want you to introduce me to the right people. I want you to give me this and give me that. And uh, it's all in a very self-serving go- uh, way. Even when they're being nice to you, their niceness, their kindness, or their helpfulness to you is part of their self-serving agenda. Because now that I'm, I'm nice to you, you owe me. And so I'm going to cash in my chips. In addition, when narcissists are engaging with you, they want your admiration. Uh, they want you to adore them. They want to be in the position of honor. And so some of them will presume that If they can come across as the nicest person that you ever met, like that young man probably did, then you're going to think, wow, you're really great, and I'm so glad to have you in my life. And they're over there thinking, hey, good, my my strategy is working. In addition, what do narcissists want? They want social positions. Uh, They're very image conscious. They want to be in the right place. They want to be in the right, uh, to have the right look and be connected with the right people. If you suit that narrative, good, you're in there. And so they're willing to portray themselves in a way that's not necessarily honest, but, you know, we can, you know, they're thinking, you know, truth, it's it's fluid. I can deal with it. Uh, And then in addition... What they want is they want to uh, have the least amount of accountability while gaining the most amount of your loyalty. Uh, in other words, double standards. They, uh, they don't want to be uh, held accountable, but they want you to show that you're accountable to them and you'll go along with them. And it's a very twisted way of thinking. And part of the problem that you can have as you engage with narcissists is... You don't think like a narcissist. (laughs) And and you can say, well, Dr. C., that's a problem. And unfortunately, the answer is, well, you, you need to know who the people are that you're dealing with so that you can make proper plans. And unfortunately, there are some individuals, the narcissists, who are very willing deceivers. When narcissists engage with you, they're thinking, what can I get away with? What do I have to do to get my gratific uh, my uh, self gratifying needs met? How can you serve me? And it, it's a uh, it, it's it's something that you, uh, they don't necessarily, of course, say out loud. But over time, you begin realizing that's exactly what's at the base of their engagement style with you. Now, there are multiple ways that once you begin realizing you have to be aware of this, there are multiple ways that you can learn to spot the narcissist and their desire to toy or their willingness to toy with truth. Now, first and foremost, uh, we're going to say that narcissists are, are quite skilled at giving false impressions. One of the things that we tell people in in the, that I would tell people in my therapy office is when you're engaging with people, you have to go slow before you give them uh, all of your loyalties and all the rest, because, you know, what you see up front may not necessarily be exactly what's going on behind the scenes. Narcissists will lie easily. They can make flattering statements or comments to you that turn out to be bogus. You see, early on, narcissists, and when I say early on, in their early childhood years, they realized, hmm, if I just let my real self be known, then I don't know, that can get me in a lot of trouble. And so, because and they don't like being vulnerable. They don't like sharing uh, who they are. And so they learned, well, if I can just put a portraiture out there of myself that sounds really good and looks really good, then I'm going to come out on top. I don't want people to know my humanity. I don't want people to know my vulnerabilities. And so they, they're skilled at giving false impressions. And it, only, it requires time for that to, to, to come to the surface. And that's something you'll need to factor in as you engage with people. Yeah, it's it's kind of sad to think that you have to be a bit wary uh, as you get to know folks, because uh, who who uh, may turn out who may appear to be uh, the person who may appear to be pleasant and all like that. You just don't know until you know uh, on a much longer basis if they're giving you the truth or not. Narcissists, another way that uh, you can tell that they're toying with truth is narcissists are quite willing to compromise their own sense of dignity. Um. They're not going to treat you in a dignified way. They see you as somebody that they can exploit or use or manipulate, but it's a direct byproduct of their own feelings from the inside out regarding themselves. I can't give you a sense of dignity if I have no dignity within me. And that's where they're coming from. Narcissists are competitive, uh competitive and they see relationships as being a zero sum game, you know, uh, if you score 90 then that means I only score 10 and so they they think of life as being uh or as dignity and and uh, worth and and inner uh, self respect is something that is a competition so the way that they get dignity in their minds is to strip you of yours. And it actually is not dignity at all on either end. They have a completely messed up, I'm trying to think of the right word there, uh, understanding of human worth. Human worth simply is. It's not something that you compete for. It's not something that you have to go and earn. It's just simply that's something that's inside the human condition And uh, they have no understanding of their own dignity. Therefore, they can't treat you with dignity. Therefore, it means that there's going to be a a compromised way of uh, dealing with truth and honesty. Likewise, and this is kind of sad for you to uh, come to terms with, narcissists have a very poorly conceived sense of ethics and values. You know, that young man who gave the impression that uh, he was somebody who could be trusted behind the scenes was whether, I don't know if he was laughing at her behind her back or if he was uh, definitely two-timing her behind her back, their sense of, of ethics is eh, whatever I want it to be today, you know? And then with their, if they're with another group, it's like, well, it's whatever I want to be when I'm with these people. And so uh, they're quite willing to cheat. Uh, they know that lying is wrong and yet it's like I'm willing to do it anyway they're willing to cut corners uh, they they practice uh, a thing that we call code switching i actually did um a- Video about this on my YouTube channel. Uh, we we all have different codes, moral codes, ethical codes, and when you are with different groups, you know, sometimes there's there are differences uh, in uh, different groups. Uh, you know, with with uh, uh, this group of people over here at the school, they may have some codes that you need to follow that you don't follow when you're over here in this social crowd. Um, narcissists will code switch but in manipulative kind of ways. In other words, they, they learn how to read the crowd and they go with whatever the code is over here and then they read that crowd over there and then they'll go with their codes. And there's a certain amount of that that's reasonable and normal, but they do it for exploitive reasons. Uh, in addition, uh, they actually can mock people behind the scenes uh, when those people over there do have ethics, it's like, no, they're, they're so, you know, goody two shoes. And, and they, they actually think of it as being a game that they can just play, and they think poorly of people who are serious about ethics and values. Now, this stands to reason then that uh, their moral codes also can come and go with whatever their needs are. A, a narcissist's sense of morality is determined by, all right, get this, it's determined by their immediate desire. Uh, if, if they um, uh, you know, have a desire to, for, let's say, sexual gratification, it's like, well, I've been taught that my morals over here should be such and such, but you know, I have these desires right now, and we can set that aside if we want to. If they have a sense of morality with respect to, uh, to uh, uh, maintaining uh, honesty in business dealings, it's like, yeah, but I can make a lot of money if I just kind of set a little bit of that aside too. And so whatever the immediate desire of the moment is, that's what will uh, we'll dictate their morality. And it's not really morality at all. It's just manipulative efforts. Uh, in addition to that, we can also say that with narcissists, commitments and promises basically mean nothing. Uh, they may seem sincere up front uh, in their desires to know you, but it's all just simply a ruse. Now, I know that this is terribly disillusioning for you to have to come to terms with all of this. Uh, they may give the appearance of being loyal toward you. They may be appear- give the appearance of wanting to be inside your circle with you. But in the very end, when you look back on people that will uh, engage with others in this fashion that I'm describing, you realize they're just after supply. They see you as being your their narcissistic supply. What are you going to give to me? Uh, are you going to get me whatever it is I want right now? And then when they become bored or when uh, you start asking for some reciprocation and, and you start asking for truth, From them, it's like no, I don't do that. That's not who I am. So, do narcissists play games with the truth? And the answer is, yeah, it's in their DNA to toy with truth. Uh, Truth basically is a meaningless concept to them. It's just a word. So I want you to think, as, as this becomes clear to you, that with the narcissist that you're engaging with, uh, you want to approach them with an honest and a trustworthy and a, a truthful way of engaging, what are you going to do when it begins to dawn on you, this effort of mine is something that's not shared. Uh, this is something that uh, they don't really care about And and it uh, becomes quite clear, I'm just dealing with a chameleon. Well, I know that many of you are so tied in with those narcissistic individuals that by the time you figure out what I'm talking about, uh, you're so far in that it can be very difficult to extricate yourself from the situation. I I look back on that young lady in her 20s, and she was disillusioned after about an eight or nine month uh, dating period. And my reaction, and I know a lot of people said the same thing to her, uh, honey. I am so glad that you found this out now, as opposed to you know having twelve years invested and three kids and all the rest, and then you figure it all out. So it's at, at the very least, I know she's hurting, uh, but at least she can get out. But you may be that person who has. 12 years and three kids invested with that person. Or you may be somebody that's so deep into a career situation that uh, that it would be very difficult for you to just drop everything because of that person's lack of honesty. It may be that you're inside a family situation and you, you don't want to cut off all the other family members to get away from this one Who is a uh, you know a liar? It may be that you're in a social situation and you don't want to completely cut yourself off from the others. You know this one size fits all kind of solution. Well, just go no contact doesn't always work. And so as you begin realizing, this is a person who uh, doesn't really hold truth, doesn't hold trustworthiness in high regard. I'm hoping that first and foremost, it, it causes you to go back to your basics. And uh, you can uh, have this notion that says, I don't want to match pitch with that person, that's for sure. I don't want to get caught up in you know this uh, spy versus spy kind of game uh, that sometimes people can play in these kind of relationships. Somebody in this equation needs to be integrous, and that somebody is going to be me. And I'm going to hold on to my ethics and my values and my morality, not as a sense of duty, not as a requirement, but because it goes back to that word dignity. I do have a sense of dignity about myself. And I do understand that I'm a person of worth. And I want to treat other individuals in a worthy kind of way. And I can't do that if I'm um, playing games with people and hiding behind this false self and trying to figure out how I can exploit and use other individuals. So you, you want to, as you see other individuals toying with their truth. I hope that it causes you to double down even more so on your commitment to decency and and honor. Okay, that's that's the first thing. Uh, in addition to that, uh, you want to also recognize that uh, this is going to require some boundaries. On your part. You know, that person over there is uh, constantly trying to figure out how they can use you and how they can make you come over into their style of doing things. Once you begin spotting their unwillingness to be honest with you, you're not required to just go along to get along. When we talk about you having boundaries, We're talking about you having a definition for who you are. In other words, this is what I believe in. These are my principles. These are my standards. These are the characteristics that I want to be known for. And when that narcissist is over there trying to play games with you, it's like, uh, here's what I will go along with, and then here's what I will not go along with based on my definition of me. That's what we're talking about when we talk about boundaries. It's it's more than just knowing when to say no. I mean, obviously, uh, that's a part of it. Uh, but uh, it's, it's le- uh, uh, leaning into your beliefs about yourself, and then when you're being, quote, invited to go into that unethical space that the narcissist resides in, it's like, no, I can do better, I can be better, and I don't have to engage with you. Now, there's another thing for you to hold on to, and that is, like I say, narcissists are, uh, they, they want to give a pleasant impression typically up front, but once they realize that you're on to them, it can get ugly. Narcissists down at the base of it all are not only controlling and entitled, but that it just stands the reason that they're also easily angered. Uh, because they have such an attitude of of saying you're supposed you exist to suit my needs, and then when you say, well, I don't think I need to do that, then expect some form of anger. I remember one man telling me that there was a guy at his work, and and this man was um, was on to his eh, less than honorable ways of dealing with uh, people at work. And once he began saying no, or he began saying I'm going to do this instead of that. This narcissistic person just uh, had his finger in his face saying, uh, you're on my, let's call it bad list, although he didn't say it quite that nicely. And I mean, he was he was just uh, veins popping and all the rest. And my guy that I was talking with said, "When when that happened, when he was shouting at me with his finger in my face saying what he had to say, I knew that I was right and I knew that I had, uh, had done well and it was kind of a, a backwards affirmation. You know, decent people don't talk to other people that way. This was an indecent person, and uh, he was actually pleased, this this man that I was talking with, that he was able to say, I'm standing up for my uh, sense of well-being. I'm not on your team. But uh, whenever you do that, and whenever you uh, call out the dishonesty that you see in front of you, just know that there's going to be some anger. Uh, now, the healthy form of anger is called assertiveness, And uh, that uh, going along with your sense of boundaries, you want to be willing to say, uh, here's what I will do. Here's what I won't do. Uh, uh, This is what uh, I am am going to participate in. This is what I'm not going to participate in. And so uh, we want to uh, hold on to that. Now, in addition to all of that, let's also acknowledge, um, you're going to need to, like I said, you're going to need to get away as much as possible. If you can't get away from that narcissist, uh, then stay functional only. And by functional, I mean just do what you have to do to get along and not make uh, any ripples in the water, but don't expect any heart connection. Don't expect any kind of deep understanding to uh, to build between you and that other individual. Uh, these are people who don't Remember I said that uh, in order to be truthful, you have to have humility, you have to have empathy. Uh, they're devoid of that. And so uh, just stay functional and, and just know that uh, this is not going to be a relationship that uh, you're going to give your heart to, that you're certainly not going to make yourself vulnerable with, because this person will, they're users, they'll just step all over that. So I know that it can be very disillusioning to you when you are kind of like that young lady was, when you're at a place where you're thinking, I I thought I had something good going, and it turned out to be rotten to the core, and uh, it, it can be very painful and there's simply no way to get around that. But also I'm hoping it can, like like I say, it can uh, cause you to say someone in this world needs to be uh, committed to DRC, dignity, respect, and civility. That's what we stand for here on Team Healthy. Sign me up for that. I'm gonna be that kind of person. And uh, when the narcissist looks at you like you're the craziest person on earth, all right, that's your confirmation. Uh, The fact is, I don't want to be affirmed by someone who's a self-serving liar. So I hope this gives you some good things to think about or some insightful things to think about. And I hope that it uh, just gives you that much more of a sense of motivation to stay on your uh, path towards healthiness, knowing the narcissist not only will not join you on that path, but they'll do all that they can to get you off of it. But uh, I'm hoping also that as you continue, then that narcissist uh, will just eventually leave you alone and uh, go off to whoever their next victim is, a poor person, and, and you can then connect with people who do understand DRC, dignity, respect, and civility. So here we are with yet another uh, way of looking at this whole issue of narcissism. I want to thank you for letting me be part of your journey with you. And I hope that, uh, that uh, this is something that gives you comfort in the sense that, uh, of uh, knowing that this can be understood and this can be reasoned with. And so in doing so, I'm hoping that you can say, uh, I'm committed to the things that are right and best.